This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 465 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight on the show, we are going to get to some listener questions, and we've got listener Karina trying to stump us with a tough question on leg aids. This is Reese Goffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hey, Phil. Hey, how's it going? It's May now. It's May, and I'm back home. Yes. Crazy. I know. <laughs> crazy, crazy. But That's I, good news, though. I am happy to be back in Lexington. I, I don't know how many people... Um, we had a flood here in my house in Kentucky, so we actually... We're slightly stranded a little bit. Not that that's hardship duty in Florida, but we were there an extra month. So I got a huge shout out to Jenna Wright. Um, She's my barn manager here in Kentucky this winter, and she did an amazing job. She had to deal with the surf pro guys. So wanted to give her a shout out, but we're back in Kentucky and the horses are so happy to be here. And we missed all the bad weather because it's been beautiful since we've been home. Fantastic. Happy to be and, back. Uh, well, we're just just after the what do we call it now? Rolex is no longer a Rolex. I know. I, Land well, Rover. It's Land Rover. I, I think we call it the Kentucky. I don't. I don't know. But we did. We just had the the horse park event. event. The horse park. The event. Lexington event. Should we call it? <laughs> the, I don't know. I think people are calling it Land Rover actually, but uh, mm. it was a it was a great weekend. I'm not gonna lie. I um got home and then promptly got the flu. So, um, I was pretty sick, but I did do a fun event, uh, on Sunday. Um, and I had several listeners come up and say hi, which was always fun. We always love seeing and hearing from our listeners, but I did the champions live discussion. And I think, I don't know, uh, you know, we're used to talking to you guys, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm usually in my pajamas, uh, <laughs> in, my, <laughs> in my office, in your bourbon. Sipping my bourbon, um, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. There was probably 200 people there, um, and I got to be with Boyd Martin and Margie Engel, so it was really an honor to be sitting on the stage with those two. What was the, what was the format for this? How did it, what was what was going on? So every year, this is the second year they've done it, and uh, they ask um, professional riders to come, and and uh, Jimmy Wofford does the interview. And so it's a lot of fun to, to listen to him and, and he asks questions and then, um, people from the audience ask questions. Um, I'm not going to lie. My dad got a question in. (laughs) (laughs) What did your dad ask you? Well, he had a really good question. Actually. He asked like, how do you balance being a professional rider and, um, also having international goals and dreams, um, and it was cute because I said, well, that is such a great question. And I said, everybody, I can't lie. That was my dad <laughs> who yeah. asked that question. So everyone cheered and my dad got up and took a bow, which is really cute. He was, I said, actually, I think he's just so happy. I, I make a living doing this job. <laughs> he oh, just had yeah. that question. Yeah. 
Um, he was probably dreaming about that when you know when he was funding the thing when you were a teenager, right? Oh, I think so. I mean, I think my parents were like the most excited that I was doing this event. It was so sweet. Like, and right. my mom, you know, obviously was a show jumper, so you know the fact that I was sitting next to Margie Engel was pretty cool. Um, but they were so cute, and um, but I thought that I was actually a, a good question, and um, I don't know. I, I don't know if we've ever answered that, Phil. But well, like, let's let's hear your answer. So. My answer was, you know, it is a challenge to run a business. And I think that's one of the hardest parts about what we do for a living is um, not every rider has to balance sort of having a stable and and doing it. But a lot of riders do. Uh, You do it. I do it. Um, You know, owning a stable is is never easy because there's a lot of things that happen, you know, as you're traveling. But for me, as I said, for example, like floods, you know, I, I had to have a, a really good manager that that could handle a flood at my farm here while I was still in Florida and, and handled the horses there. I think you learn to be flexible. I think you learn to be creative. You know, you have to do all those things. So that was kind of my answer is that it's not an easy thing. Yeah, it's not actually an easy thing. And a lot of uh, professional like, you know, swimmers don't have to really manage, you know, they may have to make a living for themselves, but they don't have to manage like a whole stable. So I am lucky that I have. It's the the animal aspect of it, right? The care. And yeah, I think it's down to your support team, your staff, right. And, you know, having people you can trust. And I think it also, you know, comes back to, you know, I think in any business, when you have employees that you rely on and that, you know, that you have to compensate them really well yep. and, um, and appreciate them all the time for, you know, everything that they do. And that, that allows, you know, you to, to be able to go to competitions, to be away from the, from the business and know that everything is going to be handled. So I think that's, uh, you know, you're not going to have a good support team if they don't feel like they're being valued, you know, as right. employees and as people and the, who, put a lot of work in and then a lot of hours in. And so I think that's what, it, that's what it all comes down to is the team aspect of it. Yeah. Right. Cause none of us really do, do it, you know, do the whole job on our own. That's so right. that's good. That's yeah. good question and answer period. That sounds like a fun event. It was great. It was a lot of fun and, you know, shopping was always fun there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, the shopping is, Oh boy. Spending the dollars. Yeah. It was fun, but um, I didn't get anything that excited. <laughs> I got a couple lead shanks. I know. Be careful. <laughs> it went crazy, uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. Like I said, the weather was beautiful, and and it was a really fun event. Um, and I think everybody really enjoyed it. So, yeah, for sure. Next time, Phil. And it was again. It was always fun. We always love to see listeners that come and say hi. It's so fun to to see everybody when we're not. You know. Yeah, I gotta yeah. come down for the yeah for the. For the big event down there. Have you ever come just, to Rolex? Though? No, it's just a bad. It's just a horrible time of year. Yeah, I know. Um, because we're in, we're going full steam. We have to show in two weeks, so. I know it's crazy. There's a big CDI coming, so it's just Yay. like, it's just the wrong time of year. You know, we're in. <laughs> it's we're, happening. We're go go go! Yeah, but at I some love point, it. I'll, I'll find an excuse and and we'll get away and we'll <laughs> we'll come down to Kentucky. We always love it when you do. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. 
The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase Vitamin and Mineral Supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, tonight we are so happy to have a listener on for a listener question of the month, Karina Marote from California. How are you? I'm actually from Washington, but I'm great. Oh, perfect. Oh, sorry. You said West Coast. <laughs> I, I, I went right to right to California. Sorry. My That's bad. That's where you're well, dreaming of being. I know. I'm dreaming of California. thinking of California. <laughs> well, Karina, tell us a little bit about where you are from and where in Washington you are. Okay, so I'm in the Pacific Northwest. I'm about an hour north of Seattle and about an hour south of the Canadian border. So I'm, you know, on the Puget Sound region, and this is where I grew up. Oh, it's beautiful. So, it is beautiful there. So tell us a little bit about your horses. Okay, so, um, well, right now I have an off-the-track thoroughbred that I recently had to retire um, but before I had to do that, I was uh, working with a dressage trainer with him. And um, sorry about the train in the background. <laughs> we um, like it. <laughs> um, so, and I typically do hunter jumper type stuff and I uh, dabble in, in fox hunting and, and stuff like that. So I like to run and jump and stuff like that. And go fast. Yeah, well... Not so much anymore. Maybe when I was <laughs> like a more moderated pace now. Okay, okay. I love it. So tell us your listener question of the week. What you got for us? Okay. So this is totally going to put you guys on the spot. I hope you don't mind. Oh, um, we don't mind. So we got I was, it. <laughs> so I was reading an article in Practical Horseman recently um, where I think or I think it was Practical Horseman. It might have been Chronicle of the Horse where... George Morris was giving a clinic to some high-level eventers. And one of the things that really stuck out of my mind was um, one of uh, George Morris's feedback to one of the eventers was, um, when you ask your horse to go forward, you always squeeze, you don't tap. Well, I learned on my off-the-track thoroughbred to tap him, you know, just very lightly forward, not, you know, kick, 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 but just like tap, tap, tap to get him to move forward. So I was just wondering, you know, I, I just wanted some background on when you might tap and um, when you might squeeze, because I have definitely learned both, you know, depending on who my trainer was. And, and I'm guessing probably depending on which horse I was riding. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a good question because you'll get a different answer from almost everyone that you ask. You know, I've kind of learned both methods, but you're absolutely right in that it depends on the horse that you're riding. You have to kind of 
um, figure them out to figure out what's going to work best. As a general rule, the younger horses, I might use my leg a little bit more with the tap. And then as they develop and get, um, you know, more advanced aids, more understanding than I like to, um, I like to rest my leg a little bit against the horse instead of, you know, the young guys, I like to have it, you know, a little bit off because I don't want to give confusing signals to them. So I think the more basic aid is the, the little kick or the tap with the leg. And then as things mm-hmm. become more sophisticated, I would use just, um, you know, they're more used to a little bit of leg pr- pressure and I, I like mm-hmm. to have them a little bit more closed underneath me. So, I, you know, I'm talking maybe a second level horse where they've learned a little, a little bit towards collection and a little bit of shoulder in trap, you know, you've got to be able to push them around a little bit and, uh, and have them, you know, in between your leg and your hand a little bit more consistently you know, all the way mm-hmm. from halts and canter, everything that, you know, the, the aids become a little, you have a little bit more contact and in your reins. And so I like to have a little bit more contact in my leg at the same time. So it kind of, you know, I hold them together a little bit, but the young guys, they don't know about all that stuff. So my leg is basically off most of the time, unless I want something. And then I could be more clear with what the, with what the question is. And that's, you know, for the forward aid, that's for the, um, leg yielding aids and you know like they get very nervous if you're if you clamp your leg on a young horse right away and you think like you know it's hard to it's hard to explain things to them that way so and it depends whether your horse likes to run away from the leg or is a little bit of a little bit lazy to the leg so if the horse likes is sensitive like your off the track thoroughbreds um you know the little bit the hotter breeds then i am actually Mm going to hold my leg on more and okay. uh, and use the squeezes instead of the instead of, and then the the horses that are a little bit more dead, um, I'm going to use more kicks, you know, because it's just going to be more effective, you know. So that's every situation is a little bit different, and um, it can be different in uh, one day of training. Like you get on your horse, and today he's a little bit lazy. Then I got to I'm going to use a little bit more kicks, and then tomorrow he got the he got the point. I'm going to be a lot quieter with my legs. So. Um, okay. it's a complicated question and everybody, you know, all riders, trainers have a little bit their preference. I think it's just sort of like go with what works the best. And as long as you're not being too busy with your leg, all the, you know, banging them off the side all the time, then if it works for you, I think, you know, do it. What do you think, Reese? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree completely. It's, it's a complicated question without seeing the horse and, and sort of knowing you know, the whole, the whole picture, but in general, when I put my leg on and, and I think that's what I always tell people is, is your leg is essentially your gas pedal and, um, how you determine your leg depends on sort of, I I give the analogy of a car. When I put my foot on the accelerator, I want to be driving a Ferrari. I mean, I want them to go. If they do Mm -hmm. not go, they're going to hear about it. And I'm going to start with a light tap. And then if they don't go forward from that, they're going to, they're going to hear about it. Now, if I'm riding a horse for an adult amateur client, who's maybe a little bit tentative, I'm going to more think of the accelerator like, I don't know, help me out here. Toyota. Ford Tempo. Ford Tempo. Ford tempo. <laughs> I mean, except Ford Tempo, whatever, I you know. Drive a like, Ford Tempo. Yeah, so Ford I, Tempo. I exactly. Yeah. You know what that feels like. It's not the Ferrari, right? So, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, when you put your, your foot on the Ford Tempo, it will go forward, but it's not going to zoom out. 
it's the mm-hmm. same idea, right? Um, and that's what I like to say. So, so if I'm, it still means yeah. that that, that car is going to go or my horse is going to go forward, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. be like a blast yeah. off type situation. So mm-hmm. again, I think it depends on the type of horse and the reaction that you're looking for. And again, mm-hmm. you know, what, does that make sense to everybody? Like what I'm trying to communicate? Yeah, um, I, I think it's also, I was just going to add that it, it depends mm-hmm. on like what kind of rider you are. If you, tend to be a little bit too much of a busy rider, then your trainer is going to look at that and say, let's use more squeezes, you know, let's, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a combination problem. Right. And if, mm-hmm. and if you're a rider that really, you know, there's a lot of riders that really squeeze with their lower leg and they're not getting results You're that day, your trainer might say, Hey, let's use a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, a little bit more kicks and get demand a little bit more on your horse. So again, you can have one trainer give, um, two different instructions on two different days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. or two different riders on the same horse or the same rider on two different horses. Um, you know, it's a kind of an overall picture sort of thing. So you have to okay. kind of determine a few things. Are you riding a lazy horse, fast horse? Are you a busy rider or a busy rider needs to be made more quiet and, and a real, um, you know, <clears throat> squeeze powerful rider needs to be a little bit more quick and, and effective in the way that they use their mm-hmm. aids. So, um, this is why you see such variation in, 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 you know, trainers teaching lessons and, and maybe mm-hmm. this, this lesson with, uh, George Morris, I think there's, it's one of those things that there's no, there's no perfect answer for everyone and there's, yeah, there's no right. wrong answer for everyone, right? This, you know, I, I just, I don't like the black and white. Okay. Everybody yeah. needs to ride like this. Mm-hmm. Every horse needs to go like this. We have to modify mm-hmm. things and, and, and make the overall picture mm-hmm. what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Cause I, you know, the George, the article about George Morris, I mean, there, for purposes of publishing, there could have been some context taken out or just wasn't included in the article in the first place. Yeah. And also for yes. my own writing, I think what my trainer was trying to get across to me is that my thoroughbred very super sensitive. So she wanted me to kind of keep my leg like kind of snuggled up to him, just yeah. like when we were right in motion. And then when we wanted to make a trend, an upward transition, then I would give him a little tap. So it would, yeah, be, it would be, there would be right. a, a difference to him. A clarity, a clarity in the aid, right? Like, so, yeah. so you're not squeezing and then squeezing more and squeezing, you know, and then you, that will actually cause the horse to be a little bit confused or, you know, maybe a little bit dead to the leg, you know, so you've got a mm-hmm. goal in mind. Like what, what do I want to create here and how do I create mm-hmm. that picture? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, it's yeah. tough in those articles that you don't get mm-hmm. much context or, you know, even in a mm-hmm. training ride, you'll, 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 you know, a trainer will say something, but there's the, the context doesn't come without having a conversation like, like we're having now, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you should, you know, talk to the trainer if there's a question and answer period, maybe not in the moment that the, that somebody right. is teaching a lesson, but just to say, you know, here you said this, um, just for clarity, do you think that that's how you should Every horse should, you know, and and in all situations, is that what you think, or uh, was that for this horse and rider specifically, and why or why not, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm when I'm watching lessons, or you know, yeah. we go to these great um, clinics and stuff, you know, you got to have a little bit of a notepad going just to say, oh, he said this, and then what would some follow up questions be for that to give, you know, to give an auditor. Uh, context for all of these instructions mm-hmm. and right. you know <laughs> I think that's really mm-hmm. important otherwise you go home and what works for that you know what was instructed for that horse and rider 
is not going to work for you when you say, well, you know, um, Charlotte Dujardin says this, I have to ride like this. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe, know, maybe not. You know? Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Like, that's, I mean, I would know. like to, everyone wants to ride like her, but let's be real, Phil. But, <laughs> but I'm just kidding. But it's so true. I mean, I think that's, it, it's the same on our show, right? We can only give as much information and, um, and articles are wonderful and they all help with the kind of the learning journey. Um, but I think it is, it's, it, it, it does depend. And that's why it's good to have the conversation and to talk to your trainer. I think, um, you know, these are always good, uh, good things to talk to your trainer about. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I like, I like when people bring in questions like, Hey, I, I read this. I don't understand. You know, it needs to be the right time to ask someone, you know, don't ask mm-hmm. as I'm trying to run out the door, but you know, like, I think, you know, it's, it's all part of the journey and, and reading is wonderful, but you are reading, they are writing for publication purposes, which is different. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope that helps. Thank you so much for your listener question. That was super fun. And as always, everybody, we like to have people on the, on the uh, program to ask us questions in person. We love it. So Karina, thank you so much for everything. And we wish you luck with your horse. Stay in touch. All right. Thank you so much. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, we've got a great Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, but tell us a little bit about what you found on the Total Saddle Fit website. Well, I was shopping the other day, yes, and I, know. I think they've added this, and then um, we didn't talk about it with Justin, but they've added a 110% money back guarantee on their products and i thought that was so awesome that we would just you know highlight that for our for our commercial bit today and tell all of our listeners that you can order a girth you can order the the six point saddle pad if you don't like it 30 days you have to return it and they will refund 110 percent of your money so that will hopefully cover most of your shipping um so it's a win-win proposition 30 days, that's a long time. It's not 10 days or whatever. So you can re- you can return your product that, you know, you didn't like, it didn't work for you, you know, whatever. And they're just going to give you that refund. So I th- thought that was uh, a perfect thing to highlight this week. If you're thinking ab- about trying the saddle pads or the, or the girths or just go ahead and do it, you're not going to lose out. So that, that was my point. Awesome. I love it. Well, and no, always, it's a great company. And Justin is so easy to work with. And he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And we always appreciate him answering questions. If you ever have questions, let us know. So um, I love it. Well, Phil, what's our what's our tip of the week? Well, uh, we got this question in another listener question, and um, it's about getting their horse to stand. So we know that in dressage, you have to begin your test with a halt. And the horse should stand for a three-second count, so you can do your salute and and you can move off and begin your test, and you do your whole pattern. Then you gotta come back down the center line, and you gotta halt again, and you gotta have your your three-second immobility. Um, so if there even if there's not any other halts in the middle of the test, there's two halts there. This listener wants to know how to teach their horse to stand. So I thought that I'd throw that at you this week, there, Reese. I like it. Well, uh, first of all, this is a, a skill, right? And it's a skill that we practice every day, and we really do that on purpose. We want to practice that every day um, because we want the horses 
minimum in each dressage test, you have 20 points in a horse standing still. So it's important. And some of them hate it. And some of them really have to learn. I'm sorry. I know you hate this, but I'm really not asking you um, to do anything hard. So, uh, Phil, you and I sometimes have the luxury. I have stayed on horses uh, and taught lessons on them until they learn to stand still. (laughs) I have. I mean, I'm not hurting them. I'm not doing anything. I'm just like, once you stand still, I will get off of you. But um, that's, that's when they're really bad is I'll just stay on them and just sit there until they behave themselves. Um, so that's part of one of the things that I do. Um, the other thing is I, I, I do a lot of walk halts, uh, in the beginning. Now, again, this isn't a very, you know, four year old horse, right? This is a horse that's getting ready to go to the horse show. Um, and I do the walk halts, uh, number one, to sort of test the two things I think a dressage horse should always do. I think you can add in a third, but, uh, the, a dressage horse or any horse really should stop and go. So if you have problems with stop and go, you need to work on it. So every ride in the beginning, I always start with stop and go. So just to test. So uh, that's the one thing that I like to do. Um, so my horses are getting it every day in, in when we're working. Uh, so they're learning, oh, they, I need to stop and I need to stand. And so I think that that's really important. Um, and then I do try to do center lines every week um, with every horse, at least a few of them. So it's not just horse show week. It's just part of their daily routine is you go up the center line. And if you're an FEI horse, you canter in and halt. And if you're a younger, younger guy uh, or lady, you uh, trot in and halt. So I tried to add that in sort of my general training. How about you, Phil? Yeah, I think it's a kind of a discipline thing. Um, It can be very tricky. Uh, I'm speaking from experience here. I got a horse that I'm working on right now. He is very quiet so when I ride him and I'm preparing him, you know, for test riding and, you know, just in general, I've got to pump him up a little bit, get him a little bit hot off the leg. And then, and then he gets a little hot and he does not like to stand. Yeah. So, you know, I'm approaching this problem with him, you know, on a daily basis. Like I can get on, walk around, he'll halt, no problem. You know, at the end of my ride, if I give him the reins and we've done a couple of laps, he'll halt, stand there, no problem. But it's all that in-between, in-the-middle stuff. So um, I'm practicing, you know, doing, um, you know, a big circle and then coming to a halt. So within one ride, like, I, it's it's a tricky balance because you don't want to do, like, a million halts and just focus on that because yeah. it'll make him crazy, right? Right. But it, it is an important kind of skill. So I make a little compromise in the beginning. And I've got a few little strategies that I like to use. Um and that I have been using, I've been working on him with this. So in the beginning, he would, you know, he get trotting along and then I, you know, I will um, not try and trot to halt immediately. I will allow the horse to, um, you know, walk into it, but he would walk into it and then he would halt and then he would, you know, try and make a little step forward and why I wouldn't let him step forward. And he started to get this idea of backing up. So my strategy to deal with that, because it's easy to, to not allow him to go forward. I just apply the reins, and he's like, okay. But then he's like, oh, and then I'm going to yeah. back up. So then I would come around a corner. I would halt. He would try and step forward. And then I wouldn't let him. And then he would start to step backwards. Well, I would, I would halt him close to, very close to after the corner. So that when he stepped back, you know, I would keep, I would restrict the rein. He'd step back until he got to the wall. And then he couldn't move anymore. Yep. And then... 
and then you know he would dance a little bit and then and then he would he would halt he would just you know he had no choice give up he would halt he would give up and you you know big big breath it might take two minutes three minutes whatever it doesn't matter how long it takes i just you know i'm not going to pull on the reins i'm, I'm not going to kick on them but you know just just stand just you have to be really yep. super super quiet with your body super quiet with your hands and like i said you make a few little compromises so if he wanted to bring his head up you know kind of off the bit idea that's fine with me he could bring his head up as long as he was immobile and yep. he wasn't flinging his head around yeah and then so you, you know you go i did about did that for about a week he got pretty good at that he understood it right <clears throat> that he couldn't go forward and he he could go back until there was a wall there and then you sort of you kind of build on these things you know you come up with a plan that says okay you know what can i compromise on what can i not compromise on and how do i build a plan towards having a nice immobile halt three weeks from now, four weeks from now, six yeah. months from now. It depends on how bad the horse is, right? you got to make a plan and continue with it. So then uh, the next week, I would not halt him in the, in the corner and see if I could, you know, not let him go forward and also try and not let him go back either. And again, I'm not talking about a, a super round halt, I'm not talking yeah. about him halting Just square. Don't I don't care. Just don't move. Yeah. And so he's got, he went through a little bit the phase of, okay, I'm not going to move my legs, but I'm going to kind of fling my head up and down and to the side. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, that's so frustrating. Like you just yeah. want to like strangle them. Um, but you got to stand there. And, Patience. And yeah. Each of these halts probably took me five minutes just yeah. standing there, just being so quiet with my body and just like he's flinging his head around. There's nothing I can do about it. Right. You see riders get aggressive with their hands, but then the legs start to move again. So then, I'm, you know, then you're kind of back to square one. Right. Once I got immobile legs, I just had to wait until the head stopped moving, you know, and I would use, you know, you can use your voice a little bit, you know, when he's flinging his head around, it's kind of like, no. And when he's good, I'm like, Oh, good boy. And then I would walk off and continue with what I was doing, whether it was a little leg yield, working on the lengthenings a little bit, kind of transition, whatever. And then, you know, do that for a couple minutes and then come back and say, okay, now uh, can we halt again? You know, it's just about really having a structured plan and and being so, so patient, right? Yeah. And just, you know, being able to to really just sit immobile and, and to not yank and not to kick and just, because it's just, you're going to make your problem more frantic and worse, right? So, I mean, a lot of horse training is just patience. Patience. So I would say we're gotten a lot better. You know, he's not where I would like him to be <laughs> yet, but I know that there is light at the end of the tunnel because my, okay. my plan is working, right? Like I'm just pressing yeah. through the things. And eventually I know that, um, maybe not for this show season, but eventually I'm going to have my nice square and mobile halt because, you know, it's just consistency with the plan right. and just, you know, but it takes are, time. It, it takes, takes time. time. Horses with that are really bad. I would use a sugar. Yeah, they, you know, I would I would make them stand, and I would say, you know, when they're good, I get them to reach around and take a sugar from me, and the, that's just nerves, right? It's just, you know, oh, I gotta go, I gotta do this, I gotta. The horse isn't being bad; it's just kind of nervous. And and like I said, this horse uh, is a little bit too quiet in the riding. You know, we'd plod along, and and so I had to make a plan to fix that problem. But that problem, fixing that problem, made a problem in the halts. So it's just like, oh, you know, but. That's why it takes years and years and years and years to train a horse to Grand Prix because you come yeah. up, you know, 
you think you don't have a problem, then the the, the next week you do have a problem, and you got to fix that, and you got to <laughs> you got to go backwards with the training, and then forwards, and you know, like that just takes so much long. It's it's not it a does. you know, don't get frustrated, make a plan, follow through. Eventually, I know you can train a horse to almost well. I think every horse you can train one way or another to uh, to halt quietly. They yeah, seem to like true. it, right? Like you said, they if do. you have they to will. spend an extra hour or whatever, that's fine. You know, just carve out enough time in your day to train that, yeah, that horse. To, to train that to horse to stand still. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Well, as always, everyone, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook, or you can email me at philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.